Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here from actually inside my flagship studio at WSB in Atlanta, Georgia. Glad to have you. I'm in the city this evening for a nonprofit event and uh, looking forward to seeing some of you later. Um, there's, there's a lot to discuss, and I want to start and weave two stories together. We've obviously got to deal with the big news of the shooting, but I just, I want to point something out first. I talk a lot about intersectionality and a lot of people don't understand exactly what intersectionality means. And it comes from postmodern thinking. And essentially you have to understand the power structures of the world and to understand the power structures You have to identify people in the groups they are assigned to by accident of birth or otherwise. So uh, you take uh, race, ethnicity, uh, sexual orientation, gender, faith, uh, predispositions, uh, ability or lack thereof, disability. You weave all those together and you, you have a complex diagram of power structures And as you can imagine, if you are a white, Christian, uh, cisgendered, heterosexual, male uh, with no disabilities, you are considered the most oppressive person. And if you're none of those things, you're the most oppressed. And you who are oppressed have moral claims, and those who are oppressors have to stay out of the conversation. I say that to say this. Last night in New York City— at a college called Cooper Union, Jewish students were barricaded inside the library of the college while pro-Palestinian, pro-Hamas demonstrators beat on the door trying to force their way in, yelling uh, free Palestine and, and other things and, and obscenities at the Jewish students they knew were inside. I am not joking. For those of you who are Jewish, this may freak you out a little bit. The librarians told the Jewish students trapped in the library that they were free to hide in the attic. Ever read Anne Frank? The anti-Semites outside trying to get inside at Cooper Union. If you subscribe to the show, I mean, hell, for that matter, I made it available for everyone. Uh, If you just text Eric to 33777 and click on my daily email, go to the show notes. I just sent them out right as the show was coming live. I did them myself because Philip's still on vacation for his freaking birthday. Uh, um, I put the videos in there for everybody. It's accessible to everybody, paid and unpaid subscribers. Everybody can see. You can see the video from inside the library, and you can see the video from the other side, outside the library, on the doors outside, uh, with the Palestinian flag-waving students beating on the doors, demanding the Jews come out. Now, I bring up intersectionality for this reason. That story was not featured on the Today Show or CBS This Morning or Good Morning America or CNN or Morning Joe. 
What led was the shooting in Maine. The Cooper Union story didn't get airtime on almost any of those networks. I bring up intersectionality because if it was Tiki Torch Whites beating on the door and it was black students inside or Jewish students inside, it would be the lead story dominating news coverage and it would be well ahead of another mass shooting in Maine. This would be something if it was Tiki Torch Whites out there with with their MAGA caps on saying, come out Jews, come out Jews. It would dominate the media conversation. They would be crying about it on the Today Show. Al Roker would lose five more pounds uh, because he'd be so stressed out he couldn't eat when he heard the Tiki Torch Whites beating on the door demanding the Jews come out. Gail King would be crying on CBS if the Tiki Torch Whites were beating on the door and the Jews were being told to hide in the attic. At MSNBC, Mika Brzezinski would be calling for all-out extermination of the Tiki Torch Whites for doing this. But it wasn't the Tiki Torch Whites beating on the doors demanding the Jews come out. It was Palestinian protesters. It was white kids and non-white kids all believing that the Israelis and the Jews are occupiers, privileged white elite people from Europe who stole land from the natives of the land called Palestinians, a complete perversion of history. And because in the intersectional scheme of things, it was the supporters of the oppressed demanding that the oppressors come outside or hide in the attic— It's not newsworthy. The news can only be news if it inflames the sensibilities against the oppressor in favor of the oppressed. So everybody led with the mass shooting. A white dude with a gun is the big story of the day. Not Jewish students in New York City fearing for their lives, locked in a library with the librarians, tell them to hide in the attic. Again, just just text Eric, my name, E-R-I-C-K, text it to 33777. Uh, click on the very top story. My sub, You'll get a list of things. The top is, is my daily email. Click that link. Uh, click into the show notes. It's the top story right now on the website. You can see the videos, all of you, paywalled or not, you can see the videos from inside the library and outside the library. I just, I need you to understand what's happening here. We're not being told stories that are relevant to our lives without intersectional framing from postmodern Marxists in the media. If it were black students in the library and it was Tiki Torch Whites beating on the outside, They'd driven up from Charlottesville with their khaki pants and their white shirts and their MAGA caps and their tiki torches, had their citronella lit up. Oh, the media would be just covering it wall to wall. Not only would they be covering it wall to wall, they'd be demanding every Republican politician and Republican voter in America take a position on it, shoving microphones in people's faces saying, what do you think? What do you think of this? Can you not condemn this? Is this not what Donald Trump wrought on America? They won't even ask Democrats about their anti-Semites in Congress still peddling the 
fallacy, the false idea, the misinformation, the disinformation that Israel blew up the Baptist Hospital in Gaza. The hospital, by the way, still stands. How they cover the news is determined based on people's skin color, ethnicity, sexual orientation, and you know how they're going to cover it as well. Who's going to be the good guy? Who's going to be the bad guy? If it were a black shooter and black victims, the media will pass the main story quickly, but it's main. So obviously it's whites. And it is obviously a white shooter. He's 40. He's not 18. He's not a 20-something. He's a 40-year-old with serious mental health issues, major mental health issues. He was fired as a firearms instructor. He clearly knew how to handle a gun and had military background. You could tell from his stance how he was holding the gun, all of that, elbow tucked in, all that. He had uh, threatened to shoot up or blow up a military base was institutionalized and had a complete mental breakdown and became violent. Before we knew anything last night, here's the most troubling thing about this. Before anybody knew anything last night, you already had people on the left saying white nationalists, probably a Trump supporter. You already had people on the right saying Maybe Palestinian, maybe illegal alien, might be one of those Hamas operatives who came across the border. Now, for those of you on the right, I just I I I, I gotta say, if your first thought was maybe it's one of them Hezbollah Hamas people come across the border and they went to rural Maine. To shoot up a bowling out? No, no, come on. But, I mean, all of you, if your first thought was not for the victims, but for the partisan spin, that's kind of a damning indictment on your soul, and I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. If you immediately went to, to a partisan hot take on this as opposed to, oh, my gosh, dozens of people are dying in Maine, we should pray. I, that's that's kind of your 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 brokenness. But, but, if you went with probably white and probably mental Ill, illness, you're kind of on the money. Now, I presumed it was going to be someone younger than it was. I'll be very honest. I lay all my cards on the table with y'all. I, I keep very little from you ever. I assumed that not that it was going to be a a terrorist. I was wondering if it might be a, a pro-Palestinian, but it's Maine and it's it's a bowling alley, so probably not. That immediately crossed my mind. It's like eh, probably not. But mental health, absolutely, because it takes a zealot or an insane person to go kill a bunch of people at a bowling alley. An insane zealot even worse. We still don't know everything about this guy. 
And there are, I got to say that there got to be questions given the amount of mental health issues he was dealing with and the fact that he was institutionalized this summer. How does he still have his guns? I think there are questions there. Was he on the FBI list? Uh, I'm I'm bet it were if if and then I haven't seen yet, but I'm not going to be surprised to learn when the FBI comes out and says, "Oh yeah, we were keeping an eye on him." Not good enough yet again. I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Come on, you know you wouldn't be either. This seems to be the pattern these days. All these guys that wind up doing stuff like that, the FBI says, "Yeah, we 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 knew, we were watching, just not good enough." But I need to say something else here. Some of you won't like. Uh, not not the base of the audience, the, the P1s. Y'all going to like this. It's those of you who hate listen, probably going to hate this part. As the Democrats, while the bodies were still warm and not yet dead last night, moved immediately to conversations of gun control, did y'all not just see 1,400 Israeli citizens unarmed because they don't have a Second Amendment murdered in their homes in Israel by terrorists. Y'all really want to have a conversation about gun control in this country and taking people's guns away? If anything, we need more guns. Uh, By the way, in Ohio, crime has plummeted since they passed permitless carry. We got spiritual problems in this country. Your gun laws aren't going to solve the spiritual problems, frankly. But at least we're starting to have a conversation about mental illness out of the gate because this guy clearly was mentally disturbed and there's no way to avoid the conversation as much as so many people want. Greetings, conversationalists. Welcome. The phone number 877-973-7425. I need to say something, and it sounds like I'm bragging, and I want to promise you, I'm not actually bragging. I'm I'm actually really uncomfortable. (laughs) Um, Okay. I want to say this lovingly, too, because thank you very much. Um, I have gotten two giant gift baskets filled with goodies. Uh, One here, one at my, my house showed up. I've gotten a couple of bottles of bourbon. Someone sent me a very nice box of cigars. Very, very nice box of cigars. All just to say thank you from my Jewish listeners for talking about Israel and and what's going on there. The way I have, y'all, I I love you and I thank you for listening and you're very kind and generous. But it's it's you don't you don't need to do that. Uh, please actually don't do that because my wife is convinced that I'm the one sending the bourbon <laughs> and the cigars to the house. I'm like, I promise it's not me putting these people up to doing this. So don't please. Thank you. Thank you very much. I really I'm very flattered. Uh, and, and there's there's something there as well, I guess, about how lonely it must be to to not hear loud voices championing the right side. Uh, and, and I get that. I do. And I'm very flattered, but uh, y'all don't have to do, please don't. Um, I'm, I'm always very flattered, but it, it, y'all really don't need to do that. What I wish you might consider doing instead 
is if you text donate to 33777. I'm helping Hungry for a Day. Uh, they're a nonprofit based here where I am in Atlanta. Uh, your donations tax deductible. They coordinate with food pantries, food banks, and soup kitchens all around the country to provide Thanksgiving meals for families at Thanksgiving. $10 feeds a person, so 40 bucks will feed a family of four. They'll get the turkey, the mac and cheese, the sweet potatoes, everything they need for their Thanksgiving. Some of the food banks are smoking the turkeys for people who may not be able to do so. They're cooking the meal for them. Some are giving the ingredients for the families. It, it depends on everyone's setup. Uh, up in Boston, one of the food pantries they're working with is giving away smoked hams because a lot of their people who rely on them live in, in like um, weekly housing situations where there aren't kitchens and the smoked hams are already cooked. So um, if you want to donate, uh, text the word donate to 33777. I'll send you the link to Eric. Thanksgiving. It's not Eric's, but just Eric, E-R-I-C-K, Thanksgiving.com. I'll send you that link. um, And please consider helps people all over the country. Now I got to tell you about Americans for Prosperity. They're going all over the country on a bus tour. They are educating people about Bidenomics and why it's bad and also how to combat it. People don't just want to know that it's bad. They want solutions. And Americans for Prosperity has great solutions on how to lower regulatory thresholds to help small businesses become big businesses, uh, how to advance school reforms in states to give parents better choices, better access, uh, and, and kids better education. They've got great free market free people solutions. They're all over the country. They're specifically organized in 36 states with chapters, but they're organizing in the other states as well, uh, the other 20-plus states because, you know, we've got 56 states according to Obama. Nonetheless, I digress. They want you on their team. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Go sign up with them. They'll teach you how to be a more effective, more persuasive advocate and activist from the local level all the way up to the state and national level. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. You know, I'm a professional, and even I occasionally forget to push the button to turn my microphone on. That's just... (laughs) Welcome. The phone number is 877 Nine seven three seven four two five. If you want to be on the program, I am delighted to have you. Uh, for those of you in Georgia, where I got a lot of affiliates, there's some breaking news. A federal judge has just thrown out Georgia's uh, legislative redistricting uh, for the congressional maps and legislative maps, and given the state uh, until December eighth to draw new maps. Here's part of the problem and why this may need to be appealed. Uh, Republicans hold nine of Georgia's 14 seats, uh, and that may be a larger share than their 50% of the population, but uh, blacks in Georgia are about 35% of the population and control a third of the seats. Um, So you've got one-third of the population controlling one-third of the congressional seats, and a federal judge uh, appointed by the Democrats, no less, says that that's districting's got to be fixed. I, y- you may see the state try to appeal this. Um, they probably ought to. Now, I want to go to the phones. We got people standing by. Let's begin with Bill. Welcome to the show, Bill. Hey, Eric. Hi there. Hey, uh, I thank you for taking my call. Uh, I had to stop my bike. Uh, I've been listening to you for the past two years, listening to your podcast during. Uh, a 10-mile bike ride, and uh, I'm, I was listening to you and just thought I would call to make a uh, 
a couple comments and to ask a question. Uh, the one comment that I have is uh, the Vision Computers, uh, I believe, is just is just for PCs and not Mac. Correct. And when I when I called them, they said, "Well, we're sorry, but uh, but we don't deal with Mac." And I don't know if that should be part of of uh, of your comments. Now, on I, Vision I, I, Computers, I try to but... say PC, and I've mentioned before, I, I am a Mac guy. Uh, this is actually why I rely on Vision because you know I used to be able to do Windows and Mac stuff, and now. Uh, Windows has just gone off of this direction that I don't get anymore. So yeah. I let them take care of my son's computer needs. <laughs> gotcha. 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 Uh, another comment. I was just wondering, and I've, I asked your screener this last week. Is there a way that if you are going to do, be doing commentary on a major news network, uh, say the six uh, uh, 630 hour, is there some way to alert People. Now, because Bill, did my mother you. put you up to this? Because this is her number one complaint in my life is that I forget to tell them that I'm on TV. <laughs> well, uh, uh, I'm not sure that your mother has. There was a strange email, though, so I cannot rule that out. But basically, it, that's just a request. And I don't All know right. if it can be done. Your, your screener said that a lot of times. They don't get notice until late in the day. Yeah, I will and say this, and it's not public knowledge, but I now have a standing appointment at 4 p.m. Tuesday with Jake Tapper every week um, on CNN. Oh, okay. Uh, now, sometimes it doesn't happen, but it's it's now scheduled on my calendar every week at 4 p.m. Is that by phone? Or is that uh, actually no, by, it's in it's actually, I'm in, I'm in my studio and, and do it on camera. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, the one question that I have is, uh, we all know that if Donald Trump gets elected, uh, there's going to be four years of chaos. And basically, I was just wondering if Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley couldn't put aside their egos just for a while and say, hey, I'll be president you be vice president, in other words, Nikki Haley, because of her foreign policy uh, experience. And let's go ahead and let's just go together as a ticket. Is that, is, do you think that's possible uh, or know, egos too much? I, 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 it was only done by Ted Cruz and Carly Fiorina, and it came across as gimmicky to a lot of people. So I don't know that they would. Uh, uh, look, I, 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 I will I'll keep nothing from anybody. I think that's a great ticket. I, I think the idea of either DeSantis Haley or Haley DeSantis, whoever gets it, is a great ticket, and uh, it makes a lot yes. of sense. But um, I think they're going to fight it out through the primaries. In fact, uh, they're okay. fighting more than anybody else right now. Right. Now, right. listen, Bill, before you get off here, I got to ask, 10 miles on a bike? E-bike. On an e-bike. But still, yes. 10 miles on a bike. I, 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 how is your mental health? <laughs> but it, it's my, it, it's an e-bike. And basically, I'm not, uh, I'm not of the green persuasion, but I just got it because I pedal it, but if I need the electrical assist, I have it. And, uh, you know, it just, uh, I'm 77. Oh, my and gosh. It's just kind of, it just kind of keeps me focused and, and keeps up my strength a little bit. So, but I'll tell you, Eric, it just, I do not ride this bike without listening to your podcast. Well, I, I will try to keep you entertained. It's, it's great to hear from you. Be safe out there. 
All right. I don't wear a helmet. Oh, I, my I gosh. Not. Now you got me the heebie-jeebies. Come on, man. <laughs> okay. I, I may consider it. But All Eric, right. Um, um, Listen. I, I, I love your program. Let me and, tell you, uh, Bill, you, before you – because he'll yes. shoot me if I don't now because you said that. My agent, John McConnell, used to be the president of ABC Radio. He was on his bike and uh, he got flipped off by a car and wasn't wearing his helmet and wound up – or no, he was wearing a helmet, thankfully, which saved him because he wound up breaking his neck. Had he not worn a helmet, he would have, he would have been killed. So wear, wear those helmets on bicycles. Right. Well, uh, I probably if I get to call you again, then you know that I probably <laughs> want a helmet. Good. God bless you out there. Stay safe. All right, Bill. Thank you. Yeah. So it's an unbelievable story. So my agent, he was on his he was on his bike. He was he was supposed to go riding with friends, and so he was catching up to his friends. And there was a a, a car swerved, and he flipped off his bike, and helmet shattered, broke his his upper vertebrae. They didn't think he would ever walk again. He was immobilized in the hospital, and. Dude butt-dialed me at 6.30 this morning on his way to the golf course. Woke me up at 6.30 this morning, which I don't even know that he knows yet that he woke me up this morning at 6.30 on his way to the golf course. And I know he was going to the golf course because I could hear him talking to somebody in the car about the golf game. Wear your helmet on a bicycle. All right, Frank, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Yes, uh, thank you, Eric, uh, for taking my phone call from New York City. Uh, now, I would just Frank, like I to just, say I, I, I need to I tell you, you I, in an Frank, interview Frank, here in Frank, one of the Frank, radio Frank. shows here in the New York market. Uh, I truly appreciate what you said to the talk show host. Uh, and also, I want to send my condolences to uh, Pastor Charles F. Stanley of First Baptist of Atlanta, yes. who recently passed away. So th- th- I just want to say that. And one more thing. Uh, the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Henry Hugh Shelton. I appreciate the fact that his uh, beautiful niece lives in my birthplace neighborhood here in Queens, New York. Huh. Frank, uh, I, look, I appreciate that very much. Um, uh, I, I do. And also, I, I do just I, I feel the need to say that uh, you didn't have to tell us that you were from New York. I love your accent. Okay, Eric. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, one of the many, many New Yorkers that like to contribute uh, out throughout the country to other shows and really appreciates the uh, uh, diversity from other cities. Uh, and uh, I, I appreciate uh, the fact that your show is very diverse with the facts. Thank you. Frank, look, I, I appreciate that a ton. Thank you very much for calling. Um, I, we didn't get to the question, but I'll I'll answer the question, Frank. Told Charlie he was calling about why did the police not show up so quickly to Cooper Union? The police showed up. Okay, so I got to set the scene for y'all. I, you know what, I can, I can play. Well, I, I no, I, I don't want to. Um, these kids are Jewish kids. They're in the library. And there are literally people beating on the door, demanding they come out. The librarians have locked the door of the library. The Jewish students are wondering what to do. The librarians helpfully tell them they can hide in the attic with Anne Frank. I'm sure she's up there. Good Lord.
the police did show up. The police showed up and did nothing. It was on private property, and the police did nothing. The students were not supposed to come into the buildings, and they did anyway. And the police did nothing because the university didn't want them to. Jewish students hiding in the library. I want to... I want to commend a university president. Um, you know, I, I, I pick on the emroids. Emroids are, are those who went to Emory University. My buddy Neil Bortz coined the term, term years ago on his radio show and insisted if I filled in for him and ever talked about Emory, I had to refer to the emroids. Well, the, the emroid in chief, uh, the, the president of Emory University, God bless this man. Uh, Gregory Finves, I may be mispronouncing his last name. Let me read you his letter to students at Emory. Earlier today, there was a protest on our Atlanta campus by members of the Emory community. Throughout the event, anti-Semitic phrases and slogans were repeatedly used by the speakers and chanted by the crowd. I cannot be more clear. This kind of rhetoric has no place at Emory. I am appalled by this behavior. It violates our core values, particularly our commitment to creating an inclusive environment for all who learn, work, and live on our campuses. The terrorist atrocities and ensuing war in Israel and Gaza has horrified us all, and the continued loss of innocent life is deeply painful. So many at Emory have risen to meet this challenging moment, fostering dialogue, hosting vigils, relying on our religious leaders across faiths, and leaning into the expertise of our scholars. But anti-Semitic slogans degrade that important work and the mutual respect and un- that underpins the Emory community. Emory has a long and distinguished history of supporting open expression. We welcome peaceful protests. We welcome a vast range of ideas and perspectives, but anti-Semitism targeting Jewish members of our community, even as part of a protest protected by our open expression policy, must be called out for what it is, divisive and reprehensible. No matter how strongly you feel about an issue, there is another perspective to consider, and there are other people with their own beliefs, values, and history that you may not agree with or fully understand. Seek out the other perspective. Seek understanding over division and hateful attacks. Your words are powerful. I urge you to use them respectfully and in manners that values every person at Emory. This isn't too much to ask for. It's simply the right thing to do. That's the president of Emory University writing to his students after an anti-Semitic protest got out of control on campus. God bless him. And Ben Sass, the president of the University of Florida, doing something very similar and, in fact, participating in the vigil for Israelis on that campus. Um, Just amazing that it has to even be said. Contrast that with the University of Pennsylvania president or the Harvard president, who's now having a task force set up at Harvard to help the anti-Semitic students find jobs. Unreal. What's also unreal is the economy. I haven't even gotten to the economic news yet. I will get there. The Dow is down over 200 points. The Nasdaq down over 250 right now because people are freaking out. The economy is going too well. doesn't feel like it to any of you, but the metrics say it is. Regional banks, though, are getting their credit downgraded. They're still making profits. Your bailouts coming and the like. My friends at Swiss America have sounded the alarm about the secret war on cash, an all-out assault on our freedoms. 
With soaring interest rates, squeezing the economy, banks teetering on collapse, Swiss America can educate you on ways to help protect your hard-earned assets now. Go read their report, The Secret War on Cash. Your copy's free by calling or texting 800-289-2646. The War on Cash includes digital forms of currency. It keeps spreading, so go read The Secret War on Cash right now. Just mention my name, Eric Erickson. All you do, call or text my name, Eric Erickson, to 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646. Or you can go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric, SwissAmerica.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or call or text my name, 800-289-2646. Message and data rates apply. Greetings, welcome. The phone number 877-973-7425. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you're growing your business, building a building, buying a building, buying a franchise, things like that, need $250,000 or more, reach out to First Liberty, firstlibertyga.com. Their contact info is there. They can help any business in the United States. Tell them I sent you, firstlibertyga.com. Here, I've got this audio now. Um, This is what it sounded like outside in the hallway at Cooper Union. That's outside. Here are the Jewish students inside the library trapped. I'll contact the police, you can hear someone say. Uh, as a Jewish student asks, uh, how secure is that door? Uh, they're beating on the doors on the other. This this is a thing that happened, and the librarian's telling the Jewish students they can hide in the attic. This should be profoundly disturbing to all of you. Now, I was going to do this anyway. But I got an email from Roy, a listener. Could you consider doing a show or part of a show telling who and how the woke crowd came about and also how and why the majority of media has got to this point? It always seemed like most of our problems stem from white sheltered woke liberals in this country, especially the women. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, you're not really. Where does it all come from? I I I don't. I'll put on my Glenn Beck hat and pull out my whiteboard for you. Except I'm going to do it on radio. I I actually was intending to talk about this anyway today because it does keep coming up. How did we get to this point? How did it happen so quickly? Well, it it didn't happen quickly. It's been there. It just so happens there have been a series of triggering events over the last couple of years that have accelerated the phenomenon and spilled it in public. And part of that is just greater awareness for things that are happening. But how did it come about? Why did it come about? And where does it proceed? I've actually written a book on this from a a persecution angle called uh, You Will Be Made to Care. I have a new book coming out at the beginning of next year called They Will Be as Gods uh, about how the the white, woke, secular religion of the day is essentially uh, idol worship uh, turning themselves into their own gods in in an old religion creeping back in. Um, but we should spend a little bit of time on this because this is deeply disturbing. This is New York City, a city with a large population of Jews, no less. And 
in this city, in a academically prestigious institution, you may not know Cooper Union, but at Cooper Union is a very prestigious school, engineering architectural school, only admits 14% of applicants. They're at the top of the top. It's not technically Ivy League, but it is. Cooper Union is a prestigious university where up until 2014, every single student who got in got a full ride for free. They didn't have to pay anything because they had such a well-heeled base of largely Jewish donors supporting the university and a huge endowment that was built up over time. Um, and this is happening here in this country. It's not Germany. It's not the Netherlands in World War II. These are Jewish students hiding in a library in New York City from a group of anti-Semites. And the media can't bring themselves to cover the story because of the intersectionality of it. Why did we get to this point? And how did we get to this point? I want to begin to educate you on this when we come back because there is a way out of it that will become obvious as we talk about it. I'll take your phone calls as well, 877-973-7425. 